but uh, you brought up preseason football. Our guy Andrew Callahan of the Boston Herald is on the line. So let's talk to Andrew Callahan. Lou, can you bring him up real quick? Oh, yeah, yeah. On the Harbor One hotline from the Boston Herald. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. First question that I have out of the gate for you. Uh, Mike Giardi was on with us a little bit earlier from NFL Network. He said that he thought that today's practice, the first day of joint practices with the Panthers, was Mac Jones's best showing so far through this training camp. Uh, do you agree with that? What did you see out of Mac today? First of all, sorry you had Mike on. Uh, <laughs> second of all, I do agree with uh, Mike Giardi because I think, you know, the only one statistically that you could point to as being a better performance from Mac Jones really was day one. And that's not so much a knock on him, but if you've been following along, you know it's been a tough go for the offense. So today we had him 21 of 30 in competitive team drills. No interceptions, a couple long balls to Devontae Parker, and pushing it down the field and staying accurate. That was the most important and productive part of today. So, Andrew, we were, we were talking earlier about the Shanahan offense, and Mego found an article from a year ago about how difficult it is, how it takes more than a year, even with people that understand the, the scheme. So is it possible these guys are taking a step back, and that step back, back could very well be a year to have this offense down next year when we all expect them to spend and maybe actually compete? Yeah, I think it's important to step back first in just the conversation around the offense and understand that what they're doing is marrying some of some Shanahan elements, among other things in this offense, including RPOs, with the stuff we've seen for 20 years. And that's where I think you're having trouble with, you know, whether it's formationally or some motions, like getting the players accustomed to that. Because what they're also doing is renaming some things that are in the current playbook to make things easily more, more associated in your memory. So you don't have to recall 20 different concepts to stream it down to 10. So, yes, part of that is true, but I wouldn't, you know, call this or categorize it as a Shanahan offense. It is complicated, but I think, yeah, overall there could be a step back, but that might be as much due to talent or coaching transition as it would be scheme. Did you see some of the – are we starting to see some of the benefits of it, like here today? I think a lot of people are coming out of it thinking that, okay, I'm starting to see the light here of what this is supposed to look like. Yeah, no question. And this is why – I don't know if I was on with you guys or doing TV or a different show, but – you know, when we're all, you know, reaching our hand, extending the fingers to touch the panic button, I'm going, look, it's day nine of training camp. The offense is supposed to look bad. We spent a whole offseason saying Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as co-offensive coordinators is a terrible idea. This is what a bad idea looks like. But as you progress, as you get the offense more involved, more reps, we saw them hit on RPOs today. We saw them hit on deep play action throws that I mentioned, including off of this wide zone, outside zone stuff, which is the most easily identifiable part of the Shanahan offense. Those are all good things. It is starting to come together because that's what happens at the end of the third week of training game. All right, we got to focus on some wide receiver stuff. If Mac Jones had a good day, I suspect it's because the wide receivers made plays. Devontae Parker bragging about 50-50 balls or 80-20 balls for him. His best year in Miami, Andrew, were a lot of deep shots downfield. Are they using him that way in camp? Do you see more of that today where Devontae Parker is more of a deep threat than a possession receiver in this Patriot offense? Yeah, what they did in Miami, because you remember back in 2019, that was Brian Flores' first season down there. So he took part of the Patriots staff down there with him. They implemented the old McDaniels-Brady offense. And that season, they just put him alone on the weak side of the formation. So it's, look, you're going to stand over there, you're going to be alone, you're going to get a one-on-one matchup, and you're going to win. And sometimes it was downfield, like you said. Other times it was slant, sometimes it was stage. But they wanted him to use his physicality. We've seen that a lot here in training camp. The only trouble with this is, and it's kind of like, you know, you guys I'm sure have been talking about launch angle with Lou. Like when you go boomer bust with these types of throws, like the hit rate isn't great, but when you do hit, when you make contact, when you get to the ball to Devontae Parker, 
It's going to be a 30-yard catch down the sideline. It's going to be a touchdown in the back end of the corner of the end zone, and that's what you want to see. So that's what we've seen, the way they're aligning him and using him. Yes, it's been very similar to what he did at Miami. We're talking to Andrew Callahan from the Boston Herald, Patriots beat writer on the Harbor One hotline. So, Andrew, we're talking about wide receivers. Of course, there was that big brawl that we saw all the photos of, the reports of that broke out at practice today between the Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. And one of the guys that got tossed out of it was Kendrick Bourne. Uh, what have you we, we talked a little bit last week about Kendrick maybe, you know, not not excelling as much through these past couple practices of training camp. How did today go for him? And uh, what are you projecting for him uh, based on the recent practices that you've seen from him? The projections for Kendrick Bourne get murkier and murkier by the day because his performance consistently has been poor. He was he was the only steady Eddie of this bunch of receivers through the first week when one day it's, you know, Jacoby Myers, the next is Devontae Parker. But Kendrick Bourne consistently had three or four catches. Since October or October, August third, he has only had multiple catches in a practice once, and that practice was today. Then he promptly got kicked out for throwing punches. But even before he had two catches today, Belichick was reaming him out for not being in line with something the official called out, which looked like an equipment issue. And he said to, to Bourne, if you're not ready to come out here, just don't do it at all. So I'm not sure what's going on with Kendrick Bourne, and I say this all the time when it comes to training camp, the truth is in the trends. One of the trends we've seen now is two weeks of bad Kendrick Bourne, and that does not portend well for whatever comes next. So he's got to get it in gear. Is, am I crazy to think that this potentially could be the odd man out? Yeah, we're not there yet. It's it's kind of like last week with the offense, because when you look at the contract, it's still very team friendly. He was one of the few guys last year to sign a three-year deal. So he's technically under contract through 2023. He would have a bigger market than I think, you know, a Nelson Aguilar would because of his contract. Aguilar isn't expiring and he's going to put you on, you know, for 10 million if you take it on. But, you know, there's a possibility where, again, same thing with Aguilar. If Tyquan Thornton's providing you the same level of production as Kendrick Bourne, you go with the rookie because you can develop him faster. He's a bigger play threat, and that's a guy that they leaned on today when Bourne left. Tyquan Thornton is the next guy in the lineup. Boy, I, I'm starting to wonder if if the driver, Andrew Callahan has bragged he's the driver of the Ramondre Stevenson hype bus, not a passenger on Conductor. Conductor. Conductor, and it is a train, Mutt. Okay, well. It's a hype train. I feel like that train <laughs> uh, may be off, oh, my God, maybe off the, the tracks because Ty Montgomery is all of a sudden getting all the James White role stuff with the first offense. If Ty Montgomery ends up taking over that role, how is Ramondre Stevens going to be this great breakout player splitting carries with Damian Harris in the Patriot offense, Andrew? Well, I'll go back to what I said earlier, that the truth is in the trend. And you look at practice today, yes, Ty Montgomery had three catches in the last drive today for Mac Jones. It was a two-minute drill. He was the guy in the backfield. That was it. But when you look at the totality of practice, when they were in 11-on-11s, 11 Reminder, Stevenson had four catches to Ty Montgomery's three, and he was a pass-catching back when they had the option either to run or to throw. So I think right now they're tracking for a split of those duties because Reminder Stevenson is probably the most explosive player in that backfield and maybe among their whole entire skill position group. So you just don't sit a kid like that down who's headed for a year-two leap. And this isn't because I'm so invested in Stevenson as a guy. I think it's going to break out. But Ty Montgomery has not had 300 total yards since 2018. And I think that's a guy that, yeah, you can rely on him in protection. He'll catch a pass in the flat. He's going to be a little bit faster and better at route running. But he's not providing the explosion that Reminder Stevenson does. If Stevenson's all set in pass protection, that's when you're going to see him eat up snaps like you saw most of today as a third down back. 
All right, Andrew, we talked a lot about the offense, uh, but it sounds like, according to reports, that the defense had a pretty strong showing against the Panthers. You guys asked Bill, and he didn't take this question very kindly, about a number one corner uh, down there. <laughs> we we heard that Jalen Mills had a fantastic day, and it seems like he'll be in that spot. Who is looking like the front runner on the other side? I mean, between Terrence Mitchell, Malcolm Butler wasn't even out there. Uh, some of the rookies that they drafted, who's who's really holding down that spot right now? Yeah, just a quick note, because I think you put this in the right way. The conversation at corner is really Jalen Mills and everybody else. He had three targets today in team drills. He batted all of them away. And these, you know, you can say, oh, it's Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield. It's also DJ Moore across from him. Yep. Okay, so these are legitimate receivers he's locking down either today or the entire three weeks of practice. But Opposite him for the last week has been Jonathan Jones, who, of course, is their longtime nickel. He's only five foot nine. He's lost in a couple of jump balls to make you go, mm, maybe this is an experiment. But he's been there consistently, and I think that has much to do with Jonathan Jones being a better corner than a Malcolm Butler or Terrence Mitchell right now. As Marcus Jones, a third-round rookie out of Houston, is balling out in the slot. He had another pass breakup today. Again, he's not a lockdown. He's still a third-round rookie, third-round rookie. But they feel comfortable with him in the slot, and that allows them to bump their better talent outside where you really got Jalen Mills and Jonathan Jones for going on a week plus. What about Jack Jones, real quick? Another guy. Yeah, Jack Jones has been good. You know, he had a pass breakup today, but he's been victimized. What I like about Jack Jones, he's always he's so close. Like, his mistakes are never getting roasted down the field, and I think that's what they like to see because you can close a small gap there if you're consistent, and that's what you're getting from him, too. All right, so i got to ask you real quick, with this new scheme, has it opened up Jonu Smith at all? Like, what, what are you seeing from him? Yeah, you know, it's funny. They, they got him the ball in a number of ways today, right? But at some point, you know, you kind of wonder how much you want to do for a player that's never had 500 receiving yards this season. Like, you know, he becomes a player almost better in theory than in reality, right? Like, oh, he can carry the ball, get you short, he can break tackles, he can go long. He's an athletic tight end, don't get me wrong. I think they're going to get him the ball in more ways, but they were awful creative last year, and it just didn't happen. So I think they're going to give it another go. They're going to give Johnny Smith the ball and see how far he can run. But there's still a good chance, based on his history and last year, that he just doesn't go that far. Uh, the question is, Andrew Callahan, when they open up against the Dolphins, who calls the plays opening day for the Patriots? And is that guy calling the Man. plays the entire year for the Patriots? But look, all due respect, if I knew that answer, I'm not on the phone with you right now. I, I'm writing this story. I'm making calls. I'm doing something. Because that's a big question at camp, right? Like, And I would love to come on and talk more about that. But it, it's something that I just don't think we're going to know, honestly, until September 11th or maybe the night before. Because uh, I thought you were going to tell us you didn't have the time for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, all day. of course not. I love it. I love my, but, you know, it's just, it's just you know, they're, they're involving Joe Judge for a reason, right? Like, you could have Matt Patricia call a couple of plays, you know, and then pass it off to Joe Judge. But if Matt Patricia is going to be the play caller, you just wouldn't do that. Maybe they're, they're muddying the waters. But it, but it seems to me there's a reason they want to give Joe Judge a shot, not just for part of the game, but for three quarters to Matt Patricia's one. Where that goes, I don't know. Can they make a determination based on how Joe Judge performs as a play call in the preseason? Probably not. But uh, as Bill said, it's a process. What the hell that process is, we're, we're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> All right, like All right. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. That's Andrew Callahan. You can follow him on Twitter at, at underscore Andrew Callahan. Read his Patriots, Thanks, excellent Thanks, Patriots reporting in the Boston Herald at bostonherald.com and listen to his podcast, Great Patriots podcast, Pat's Interference Pod.